My friends, imagine standing at a crossroads where every path seems shrouded in mystery and uncertainty. You feel the weight of choices, each path promising different outcomes and experiences. It's in such moments that the cry of our hearts echoes the plea of the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 133. Direct my steps by your word, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. This profound verse isn't just a request. It's an admission of our need for divine guidance in the maze of life. Now, if you believe that God can make a difference in your life today, let us stand together in faith. I will pray a fervent prayer with you in the mighty name of Jesus. So watch until the end and open your hearts to receive the blessings of this prayer. We live in a world where our steps can easily veer off into paths of distraction or danger. The choices we make, the roads we take, the relationships we nurture, and the values we hold dear all require wisdom that transcends our limited understanding. In the Bible, the notion of steps often symbolizes our life's journey. It reminds us that life is not static, but a series of movements and decisions. And in this journey, we are not alone. We have a guide who promises to lead us through his word. Reflect on your life for a moment. Think about the times you felt lost, unsure of which direction to take. Remember the moments of decision, big or small, that shaped the course of your journey. At times, the way ahead may have seemed clear, illuminated by the light of your understanding. But how often have we found ourselves at a dead end, or worse, on a perilous path, simply because we trusted in our wisdom? This is why our hearts echo the psalmist's prayer. Guide my steps. It's a prayer of humility, acknowledging that we don't have all the answers. It's a prayer of faith, trusting that God, who sees the end from the beginning, will guide us. It's a prayer of surrender, yielding our will and desires to his perfect plan. When we invite God to direct our steps, we are not giving up our freedom. Rather, we are exercising the highest form of freedom, choosing to walk in the light of his wisdom and love. Now, consider the second part of the verse and let no iniquity have dominion over me. This is crucial. Our journey is not just about finding the right path, but also about walking in righteousness. It's a recognition that our choices are not morally neutral. They can lead us either towards or away from the path of integrity and purity. Asking God to guide our steps is also a plea for Him to protect us from the influence of sin and wrongdoing that can so easily entangle us. In our journey through life, there are many voices clamoring for our attention. Voices of society, culture, personal ambition, and even our desires. These voices can sometimes drown out the still, 
small voice of God leading us astray. But when we earnestly seek God's guidance, He promises to lead us. As Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6 reminds us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. This is a promise of divine direction and intervention. But how does God guide us? He guides us through His Word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, as Psalm 119 verse 105 declares. He guides us through the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit, who speaks to our hearts and minds, guiding us into all truth as affirmed in John 16 verse 13. He also guides us through wise counsel from others, through circumstances, and through the peace that comes from making decisions aligned with His will. Embracing God's guidance requires us to let go of our desire to control every aspect of our lives. It means trusting that even when the path seems uncertain or challenging, God is working out His perfect plan for us. It's about believing that He knows what is best for us and is capable of leading us to our destiny. This trust doesn't come easy, but it's a journey worth embarking on. As we navigate through the complexities of life, let us remember that our steps are ordered by the Lord, as Psalm 37 verse 23 tells us. When we commit our way to the Lord, He will establish our steps. This doesn't mean we won't face challenges or make mistakes but it does mean that we can rest in the assurance that God is with us every step of the way, guiding, correcting, and leading us towards His purpose for our lives. So, today, as we stand at the crossroads of life, let's make a conscious decision to ask God to guide our steps. Let's pray with sincerity and open our hearts to His leading and also be willing to follow wherever He guides. In doing so, we will find that our paths become clearer, our decisions wiser, and our lives more aligned with His perfect will. Now, to all those within the sound of my voice, let us go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with me so that you can have all the blessings of this prayer. You may also listen to this prayer daily as you build your faith and come in agreement. Let us pray to our gracious and loving God. Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, I come before you with a heart full of praise. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who guides the stars and directs our steps. Your majesty and power are beyond our understanding, yet you care for us deeply. I thank you, Lord, for your unending love, your grace, and the countless blessings you bestow upon us each day. Your goodness and mercy follow us, and for this I am eternally grateful. Thank you, Father, for the gift of life, for the air I breathe, and for the love I experience from you and those around me. In this moment of prayer, 
I humbly ask for your forgiveness for my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for the times I have strayed from your path. As I seek your forgiveness, I also forgive those who have wronged me, releasing any bitterness and resentment in my heart. Cleanse me, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, as I step into this new day, I pray for divine direction in all that I do. Guide my thoughts, decisions, and actions according to your will. Help me to recognize your voice leading me and grant me the wisdom to understand the plans you have for me. May your word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, illuminating every step I take. Protect me, O oh God, from missteps that lead away from your will. I rebuke any plans of the enemy to cause confusion or to lead me astray. In the name of Jesus, I declare that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Shield me from harm and keep me on the path of righteousness so that I may walk in your truth and integrity. Lord, I pray for strength and courage, especially in times of trial and uncertainty. When challenges arise, remind me that you are my rock and fortress. I declare in the name of Jesus that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. In every difficult situation, grant me the fortitude to endure and the faith to trust in your unfailing love and power. I ask for clarity of purpose, O Lord. Reveal to me the unique path you have set for my life. Let my actions and choices reflect the calling you have placed upon me. In the name of Jesus, I declare that my life is aligned with your divine purpose, and I am walking in the destiny you have ordained for me. Gracious Lord, teach me obedience and surrender as I seek to understand your will. Help me to submit my will to yours, knowing that your plans are higher than mine. In every decision, let me seek your face and follow your guidance. I bind any spirit of rebellion or pride in the name of Jesus, and I declare a heart that is receptive to your leading. Guide me in my relationships, Father. Bless my interactions with others and help me to build connections that honor you. I pray for wisdom in my dealings and for the ability to show your love and grace in all my relationships. I declare that my relationships are guided by your love and wisdom, bringing glory to your name. Grant me peace in decision-making, Lord. In moments of uncertainty, fill me with your tranquility, ensuring that my choices align with your will. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke any spirit of anxiety and confusion. I declare that in every decision, your peace reigns in my heart, guiding me to make choices that honor you. I pray for trust in your timing, Almighty God. Help me to be patient as I wait for your guidance, knowing that you make all things beautiful in your time. I rebuke any spirit of impatience or frustration in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that I will wait on you with faith and confidence, trusting in your perfect timing for every aspect of my life. Empower me with courage to follow your lead, Lord. Even when the path is unfamiliar or challenging, strengthen my resolve to walk in faith. I declare in the name of Jesus that I am fearless in pursuing the direction you have for me. I rebuke any spirit of fear or hesitation and claim boldness and confidence in following your call. I pray for my loved ones, Lord. May your blessings, guidance, and protection be upon them as well. Let them experience your love and grace in their lives. I declare that they too are walking in your divine purpose and are shielded by your mighty hand. Lord, as I say this prayer, together with everyone listening, I am grateful for every heart that is humbled before you right now. We come in agreement as we pray for each other, knowing that you are in our midst as you promised. We claim victory in your name, declare healing for those in need, and thank you for your protection and guidance. Together, we ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit to guide us and strengthen us in our daily walk with you. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. If you were blessed by this prayer, type the word amen in the comment section below. I declare that all the blessings of this prayer are now upon you. In the name of Jesus, you can help us to reach
Hallelujah, Miss Yolanda Adams this morning. And the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Hallelujah. We thank God again this morning that we're remembering we don't have to fight. The victory is already won. Yeah, we trust God and just keep walking. Hallelujah. We trust God and keep working unto him. We keep helping the sick. We have children that don't have a mom or dad or don't have a dad. We keep working. We keep going to make sure someone have food. Uh, we keep working and going to visit someone at the hospital. We keep working to do whatever we can for someone else. Somebody lost a loved one. And the only thing we can do is bake a cake and take it over. So we do this. All, all we can do is make a pan of beans and take it over. Yeah. But we're doing what God has required of us. We are doing what we can. Hallelujah. What we believe God is pleased with and what he can accept. Hallelujah. And so we thank him this morning for remembering the battle is not ours, but it's the Lord's. There's no need for me to fight through this thing. There's no need for me to say anything other than what has been said and walk away telling God about it and trusting his process and trusting him that it's going to work together for my good because I love him today and he called me according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful unto the Lord I have a sound mind this morning. A sound mind. Many don't know what that is. Many don't understand it. He gave me power. Power to walk away from foolishness. Power to just say no to sin. Hallelujah. He gave me power to speak those things that are not as though they were. Stand in faith and watch it come to pass. Not everyone know how, to, how this works. And then above all, again, he gave me a sound mind. Everybody else may be running out getting piercings or tattoos or wearing their hair this way or with this many colors or they're doing this. And I, I don't have to do that because I know who I am. I know who he made me. And he didn't make me to follow but to lead. And so I have a way that's according to him because my life is no longer mine. My life is hid in him because I became his fully. I fully became his. I didn't want to say Barbara and Barbara. Hallelujah. I wanted to be Barbara in Jesus, the Barbara that he changed and made brand new in him. Because when I made this decision and he accepted it, he changed me from the inside out. I'm no longer the same. I love the enemy now. I, I used to couldn't love people who didn't love me. People said something about me or showed me uh, where they didn't like me. I, oh, I, know I can't do it. I can't even hear their name called. I can't even go in the same direction where I might see them. But he changed my heart. Gave me a brand new mind and a new way of thinking. Now today, it does not matter what someone did or someone says to me. 
I yet got to love them because I understand without God, you can't do nothing. And if we don't surrender to him, we on our own. And when you on your own, you messed up. There's a way that seems right to a man when you own your own now. But the end thereof is destruction. You're going to be destroyed. Because you don't know which way to go. You're going in the dark when you should be walking in the day. Yeah, you out here walking at night and it's dangerous. Danger all around you. You don't see it. And eventually, danger is going to get you. You should only take that route during the day. So you can see your surroundings. But guess what happened? He even leading God you in the day. But you got to have him. You must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful this morning unto him. Hey, glory. Because if there had not been... <laughs> For the Lord on my side today, where would I be? I would be following the patterns of other people. I would be thinking like other people think. What looked good to them would look good to me, and I'm out here looking like a straight-up fool, and I don't even know it. Because I'm leaning to my own understanding. I'm following my own way, a way of following other people can't do it. I can remember even as a girl, young girl, I had my own way of doing things. I can even remember my mama asking me, well, you don't like this? You know, most teenage girls, they liking this now. I said, no, I don't like that mama. She would look at me and I would go on through the house. I'm through. I can remember I made a dress uh, when I was in the seventh grade. I hand-sewed myself a dress. And my brother went to school in Wildwood, New Jersey, and then he moved to New York, and he had sent me some shoes. No one in Florida that I knew of had these shoes. And the shoes went perfect with the dress. And I wore it to school, and I got so many compliments on the dress and the shoes. I had a friend in, in, in junior high. Her name was Angela Carter. And she said, where did you get those shoes? I said, my brother, he lived up north, and he sent these to me as a gift. She was like, girl, nobody ever saw those shoes before. You couldn't imagine how that made me feel. Because I looked different. I wasn't following the norm. Now, when the Afro came out, the hairstyle for African Americans, I wore that a lot in different ways, short, long, you know, because it was a natural thing that I could do to my hair. But just to follow people, no, 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 uh -uh. follow your trend and your style. Mm -mm. Now, if it's something easy, you know, that I can do. I may try try that. But when I came to God, well, when he made me, he made me different. And I liked me. I liked Barbara. 
<laughs> and the things Bobby said and the things Bobby thought of and the things Bobby was, I thought it was brilliant. Not everybody thought that now. I, I thought I could sing so well and my dad supported it 100%. I, look here, I was his daughter. Of course, he loved the singing. He was not going to uh, make me feel bad. So other people loved it because of him, I believe. But today, today, we want to take self-inventory. Make sure that we're in Christ and we're new creatures. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Yeah, because some people believe they can stay the same way and belong to God. Some people think they can stay the same way and go back with him when he comes. But he said, be ye holy, for I am holy. I'm not going to give you the definition of it. Look it up for yourself. This is a part of your self-inventory this morning. What is holy? How is it that God expects me to be holy because he's holy? Because you said you received him. He became the God and the Lord of your life, and he's in your heart. And if you're following your true heart, you're following him. Check it out now. Pray, ask him. Have patience to wait for him to give you an answer, and he will show you if you're sincere. Hallelujah. And if you accept what he gives. See, sometimes God will give an answer, but we don't accept that. Many times we say, oh, no, that's not God. That's crazy. No, that's him. You're crazy. Yeah. And I thank God that when you fellowship with him enough and commune with him enough and you love him and you keep him on your mind and he has changed you from the inside out, you don't forget. Then you can accept all of the things of God easily. Most times you can accept it and keep walking. There are days when I'm not sure. <laughs> I said, Lord, if this is not you, stop me from doing it. I don't want to do this if it's not you. I want to only do it if it's of you because I want to obey you. That's what I tell him. And guess what? If it's for me, it'll go through. If it's not for me, God, stop it. No way. Listen, y'all won't believe it. I used to love posting over on Twitter. I knew about Twitter and Facebook. I didn't really know a lot about Instagram. And I wasn't real Instagramming, still not. But listen, I tried to get back on Twitter, and I knew I would have to come out when they made it X. I knew I would have to leave Twitter. But I kept trying to get, no, nope, I'm until this day I can try and go on Twitter, uh-uh. So I know that is God saying no to Twitter. Don't go back over there. Because someone going to come on Twitter under what I post, and some way, somehow, it may cause me to sin against them. I don't know what it is. I'm just thinking that. But when we follow the lead of Almighty God, we're blessed. Hallelujah. So today we are remembering the battle is not ours. But it is the Lord's. And we want to do again this morning what's pleasing and acceptable 
by him. Hallelujah. I like that right there. If this pleases God, I want to do this more. If this is what God can accept, I want to do this more. Because sometimes people get upset with us because of what a family member is doing. God has called them out. You see, he has drawn them to him and they have received, but the family haven't. So they have all kind of folk messed up in their families. And if you say something about one of them situations that a family, it, 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 it cut them. They, they don't like you no more. It's the truth, but they don't like you for bringing their truth out. But I have ugly in my family. And ugly has been in that family a long time. <coughs> I'm not ugly. But these people have not received Jesus yet. So they continue to do what it is that they do. That's ugly. And if you point their ugliness out to me, yeah, it hurts sometimes. Sometimes I feel a little ashamed. But guess what? I bounce right back and say, hey, yeah, that's them. Yeah, he the one, you know, he'll rob somebody. Yeah. She the one that fight all the time. Yeah, she get drunk. Yeah. Oh, him. Yeah, he smoked dope. It's the truth. What you want me to do, sweep it under the rug? It's still true under the rug. It's just out of everybody's sight, but it's still the truth. And many don't like the truth. That's why we can't come to Jesus, too, because we just can't believe. He love us, and we doing all of this. It's all kind of reasons. People say they can't believe God is this kind of God. I'm so glad. I, oh, I believe that he is. Thank you, Jesus. I know that he is. I tried him for myself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, look, we're moving right along this morning, and uh, we just come from the song. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that song. But today... Um, in our topic, we're talking about the saint, the saints of old, they call them. We're looking back at the old saints of God, uh, looking at Abraham and Moses and uh, Joshua, Paul, Luke, uh, also Matthew. These are only a few. Remember Isaac, Jacob, and Timothy, and there are many of the old believers and those who chose God over everything else. Many sought after God, and some God sought after. Today we need to seek after God <clears throat> with our whole hearts. See, this is the way we are finding. We got to turn over every rock, look up under every stone, if that's the way you want to do it. If you can't, just believe. Jesus prayed for us that could just believe. We didn't have to have a stack of books. We didn't have to have 15 Bibles. We heard and we accepted. Yeah. And once we accepted, we asked him to lead it, and he began to lead and guide us. I can remember praying and asking, what would it take to go back with him? He took me to John. Oh, he took me down through a few books. He gave me a formula. And I tell you, he provided for me ways to get understanding from him. 
Ah, uh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. I am grateful <laughs> unto him. This week I said we were going to do Andre Crouch and uh, a number of his songs. And so I want to go back. We got one interview, but I want to go back and get another interview of Andre and then more of his work, more of his songs. So on Friday, we'll just do uh, a Friday tribute somewhat to him and testimonies. And so I'm going back to look for everything so that I can download it into the studio and have it to play on Friday. Yeah, Mr. Andre Crouch. Look him up if you get a chance. Go on YouTube and look up Andre Crouch. Yeah, beautiful songs. Uh-huh. He brought songs of new era into the new era. Yeah, Mr. Crouch. He changed the way of old-style uh, gospel, I'm going to say. Now, I love that old style. I stay with it. And I know some people hear it and they remember it. And then some people hear it and they know nothing about it. Uh, Jermaine, uh, Brother Jermaine is not that old. And some stuff he hear over here, he don't even know about. And he is African-American. And I would think every African-American that's in the God and God in them, they would know, but that's not the truth. It's not true. And like with Sister Irene, there are a number of things she don't understand. <clears throat> and then like some preachings, uh, when they come forth, she say, oh, uh-uh, he sounds like a man that's fussing at his wife or fussing <laughs> I said to myself, no, that's not what he's doing. But it's a certain way for a certain audience, uh, I want to say in the black culture. And we believe if the word don't cut you, because it, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and if the word does not sting your heart real good, it's not the word of God. Yeah, that's the way we believe. It's got to be something that makes you ouch. Yeah, because we got to get back in line with God. And I know many times we don't have holy boldness. And so if we don't have holy boldness to sustain, to stand, the whipping of the word, I'm going to say, because it changed you. Yeah. And so if we don't have that many times, we, we, we won't understand. We don't know. But different strokes, I'm going to say for different folks, what bless you may not bless me because we're not, you know, from the same era of gospel. You know, many times we go back and read the Bible, we'll get different things than we got the first time. It's nothing against the person. It's nothing against me. It's just what I understand and what I like, and what you understand, and what you like. And how the Spirit of God moved for you, and how he moved for me. Many times it's different, because we can receive him in many different ways. Oh, he's that kind of God. He's just not going to give me the way, and I'm the only one with the way, and he's not going to give Rita away. Uh-uh, that's, that's crazy. Rita have her understanding and her way, and her special time with God, the same with me. But it totaled up to the same thing, Irene. It totaled up to God so loved the world that he gave. 
his only begotten son, that whoever would receive him won't have, won't perish, but have everlasting life. Let's see if I can use this. I drive a Toyota. You drive a Mercedes. <laughs> inside my Toyota is much different than inside your Benz, your Mercedes Benz. The tires are different on the outside. The, the, the model of it, the look of it, all of it is different. But if you left home at 10 o'clock, I left home at 10 o'clock, and we both need to be somewhere at 11 o'clock. So we both need to get there by 10 p.m. So if we both left to get there, in enough time we're going to get there, 10 minutes early, 10.50, we'll be there. Now, you drove a Mercedes, but I drove a Toyota. Did it make a difference what we drove, or did it make all the difference that we arrived there, both of us, at 1050, like we promised to, like we needed to, like we said we would, huh? We might get to Jesus in different ways, but the thought and the whole thing is we get to him. And he has blessed each of us to believe. He drew each of us unto him. All glory to his majesty. And sometimes you can't explain the whole thing at the time to people because they like, no, she talking crazy. Now, I know I got God and she telling me I don't know. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Ooh, we taking different transportation to get to him. Yeah, I took my bed, I mean, I took my Toyota, you took your bed. But we got there, and got there on time. Hallelujah. We received Jesus, eh, hey, glory, and we received him on time. And now we're talking of his wondrous works. we making known his deeds among the people. Sometimes we can't say Jesus to people. Sometimes I can't quote a scripture to, to, to people. That's not where they are. But sometimes, Irene, you can do some funny stuff. You can say some funny things and everybody in the room changed. It was looking like they were sucking on sour lemons or looking like a bump on a log. Uh-huh. A, a bump on a pick and a knot on the log. That's how they was looking, like their best friend had died and wasn't coming back. But when you said some stuff, it lit the room up. Ever, nobody in the room could help from laughing. They could not stop. Some of them didn't want to laugh, but it was so funny, they couldn't help themselves. Sometimes the way you dress, it make a statement to others, I'm different. And sometimes somebody might ask you about it, well, where'd you get them jeans from? I got me some lame Brian. I'm a big girl. Whatever it takes. But God made us all unique and each one of us different. Yet each of us, we are of a royal priesthood. We are strange. <laughs> I love my strangeness. Yeah. I, I'm peculiar. I'm not like everybody else. Mm. 
Some days I think on that and uh, I lift my head up. Why? Lift up your head, O ye gates, <laughs> and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting arms, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Yeah, I'm of a royal priesthood. I'm peculiar. I'm different. And I thank God for it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he ooh, thought well of me to draw me unto him. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw. You don't have to draw, Barbara. I'll draw all men unto me. Yeah, so I look around to see who can I get to help me to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It might be a Dorothy Goodman from uh, way down in Florida. <laughs> it might be a reader from Crossover, from Clearwater over in Florida. Yeah. It may be a I read all the way from Australia. It may be a Mary Ann all up from around Alabama, all up from where in through. Huh? Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe a Linda from New York. Maybe a Linda from California. Huh? Hallelujah. Maybe an Anthony from the Carolinas. Maybe uh, Andrea Stenner up from uh, Virginia. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Maybe a Shonda up from around that same area, Virginia and all over there, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, but we come together on one accord, not to lift up Barbara, not to lift up Jesus in the morning, but to lift up the name of Jesus, that he will draw your family members. He will draw strangers that need him. Hallelujah. So we're thankful unto him this morning that he's able to draw man, or should I say men, unto him. Oh, I'm thankful today. Nothing fancy about me. I'm not out there like that. I'm not in glit and glamour. I'm not dressing a certain way because I'm bit. Nah, 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 nah. Never went to nobody's seminary school. Wanted to go. He said if I went, he would take his anointing from me. And I thought about Saul. Oh, no. I can't do this like this. Because without his anointing, I would be nothing. Without his anointing, I could not make it. That's the key. Without his anointing, my mind would be crossed up most of the time. How many know crazy people can do intellectual smart things? But spiritual things, it's a loss. They confuse and they won't say it. Then there's a way that uh, uh, seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction messed up. They will honor God with the lips, but the heart be far from it. Because if you getting it from a school, where's the anointing? Ah, I got to let God do his thing, not mine. Because it's not my thing. I can't just do what I want to do. I got to lean and depend on him. Because without him, I can do nothing. Oh, glory to his majesty. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, look, we're moving a little bit further this morning, and uh, I have a testimony. I, well, we'll save that. We'll save that. And uh, we're going to a song, a request of the morning. Well, y'all, I'm working on some things here. 
and I'm going to have to pay attention to the studio right quick. And I want to go back in. Let's see if we can find him. Hmm. Okay, well, he's up here with the rest. All right, let, let's see how long this one is. That's a little long, too. All right, we're working on it. Let's go to this one. Let's do Andre Crouch soon and very soon. Let's take a listen. Now, the man I'm about to introduce is a rare talent. He not only sings, he, he sings fine gospel, but he's a fantastic writer. His composition of my tribute can be found in many of our modern-day hymnals. He's a Grammy Award winner four times over, a dynamic performer. Ladies and gentlemen, my special guest star, Andre Crouch. I'm so glad for the very promise of the Lord. And whether you believe it or not, we can really say a song that I put together some time ago. But it says, soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. If you feel like clapping your hands, do so. It's okay.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Mr. Andre Crouch. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. This morning, we want to talk about looking back at the old saints. Looking back at the old saints of God. And who were these people, Barbara? When I look back, I see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joshua, Moses, Samuel, King Saul, David, Solomon, John, who baptized. I look back at these. These are just a few of the names. The list is kind of endless. But these were people um, who obeyed God in the initial stages of things. Some, they stepped out of obeying God because they, they sought after what the people wanted or what their flesh wanted. But God is faithful, and he's faithful unto us. Uh, we remember Abraham for leaving home, leaving his own country, because God told him to, and he went to a foreign land. We remember God told Abraham and Sarah they were going to have their own biological son. And the time was passing. Sarah was losing the age of things that go on with a woman when she's able to be fertile and have children. So even the angels of the Lord come by and reminded Abraham Sarah was going to have a son. She laughed and then said that she didn't. We remember Abraham went different places before different kings and Sarah was beautiful. And when they inquired about her, he said it was her sister. And the Lord showed the king, look at him out there frolicking around. That's not how you do with a sister. The king knew better and, and, and basically threw him out of there. Man, you could have got me messed up in here. Abraham, messing around with your wife, telling me it's your sister. Then we go on to remember, Abraham became real obedient unto God. He told him to go sacrifice Isaac. That's that only boy he had. That's that boy that he wanted for years. He didn't get him until he was almost 100 years old. So everything lied upon Isaac, the love of Sarah and Abraham's life, the only son that the both of them wanted. So when I look at Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1 and 2, it says, and it came to pass these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here am I. Verse 2 says, and he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Verse 3 says, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering. And rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Look now. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Could you imagine how that felt? You're going to sacrifice your son. 
this boy you wanted. This thing here, you wanted this. And God is asking you to sacrifice it. Would you do it? I know if he asked many to sacrifice their children, I know they wouldn't do it. Oh, no, they're not going to get that boy or girl up. Are you crazy? No, I can't do that. Some people have children and they're just evil and mean. And and they haven't found God to, to learn to forgive yet. But if you ask them to sacrifice that child, you've been, you've been be messed up now. No, don't touch her. Don't you dare touch my daughter. She did this to me and nobody else. But look what she, but God, we can say that. So we looked at Abraham. He left the country and he uh, was going up to sacrifice his only begotten son. Well, his only son. And uh, things happened. I couldn't imagine what Sarah was thinking. Where are you taking this boy with all of that? But she trusts the husband because she got to see that Abraham loved her, his wife, Sarah. And another thing, if we remember when they started out, it was Abram and Sarah. Abram and Sarah. Later on, God added the rest of the name, Abraham and Sarah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to share that little bit on that note. But then we, we, we look at Joshua. We look at Joshua now. Well, I tell you what, let's go back to Moses. Let's go back to Moses because uh, Joshua come after Moses. And if we remember Moses, God chose him to bring the children of Egypt out from the bondage of Pharaoh. Anybody remember that? Then he Use them to provide things for them, food, water, bread, you know, meat. And when God told him to speak to the rock, he didn't. He struck the rock and the water came out. But that was disobedience unto God. And that's what I'm teaching us today, to obey God. Obedience is better than the sacrifice. Not only that, but listen. God speaks things for a certain reason, and he don't always tell us his business. He don't always come to me and say, hey, Barbara, uh, I'm telling you to do this this way because this is what's going to come out of it. No, my job is just to obey God, to trust him. If I can obey and trust him, my day is going to be longer upon the land. I'll be able to serve more and longer. I'll be able to be blessed more because I'm getting more things done that when I stand before him, my works will speak for me. But if all I want to do is go and get from somewhere for me and mine, and I'm never pouring out anything, and what I'm pouring out is not so people can come to me and I appear to be some great thing. No, I keep it in God's direction. Yeah. So we're looking at Moses, and um, Moses, I mean, God told him to take off his shoes. He was going to hold the ground. Remember, he was over, and the bush was burning, but it wasn't burning up. And God told him he was going to use him to bring Israel out, and he told God, you can use somebody else, because I don't, 
I don't speak clearly. I, I don't know, you know, how this is going to come about. So God chose his brother Aaron to be the mouthpiece. Moses began to lead Israel out. They got to the Red Sea and the people began to complain against him because they didn't think they could get through the Red Sea. And this is what happens to us. God will use us to go out. He may use a job to lead you out to somewhere, but when you get so far, you stop because you don't see no way through. That's when you stand still and wait on God. Stand still and know that he is God. So when they got there things was looking rough, he opened up the Red Sea for them to walk across on. That same Moses. They led him on up through the desert. They wandered around over there for 40 years. What well, should have been a few days' journey. It, it took years because what? They didn't still know how to stand still and know that he was God. Same thing with us today. We don't know how to stand still and believe that he is God. We got to do so. Oh, no, they're going to cut my lights off. Oh, no, they're going to take my car. Oh, God gave it to you? Are you sure? Because what he gives adds no sorrow. Nobody's coming to take nothing from you that God gave you. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times the devil tried to speak to me. And say, oh, you, you, this house here, you won't be staying here always. Of course I won't. I'm moving into a log cabin one day or die. Whatever comes first. So you're not telling me nothing. No, I'm telling you, you won't lose it before that. I'm not losing nothing. God gave this to me. Where am I going? If I give it up, I can lose it. But I'm not willing to give it up. I told the Lord, Lord, I want it. So we look at Moses. We turn around and we look at Joshua. Joshua was one that after Moses died, because he didn't get to go in, into the promised land, he got to see it. After he died, God brought Joshua forth, and uh, he gave Joshua some instructions. And if you ask me, I, I, I can believe that Joshua was a little shaky in there because he wanted to follow the instructions of the Lord, but he at the same time, he felt that man thing, you know, the human thing, the natural. So it talks about Joshua and Joshua 1, the instructions of the Lord. Now, now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, see, it didn't say Joshua was the minister of God. It said he was the minister of Moses. Verse 2 said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of the Israel. He gave the land to them. Get up, Joshua. I'm going to need you to take them over there. I'm going to need you to lead them like Moses led y'all. I'm from the south. Like Moses led y'all. You all. Three says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. You see, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, 
all the land of the Hittites and, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. But now li- listen now, listen now. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Boy, what a powerful promise. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6 says this, and this is important for us when we follow in the instructions of Almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power. There's no higher power than his. This is the same God that so loved us until this day, that he gave his only begotten son, that if we believe on him, we won't perish, but have everlasting. This is that same God. This instructions, look, be strong. And of a good courage. For until this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Looking at verse 7 again. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou may prosper whithersoever thou goest. We can learn from this because it was written for our learning. Be strong and of a good courage. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the word of God, Joshua. And he led these people. They talk in a song about Joshua led the battle of Jericho. And the wall come tumbling down. Anybody remember that? Yeah, that was Joshua. Same one God replaced but with Moses. And Joshua led him on. Hallelujah. We're going back to Samuel. Anybody remember uh, Samuel, the great prophet, I call him. Samuel was the one that taught me, pray, Barbara, that when you Share the word, a word of God, that not a word fall to the ground. Hallelujah. Yeah, Samuel. When he was a boy, his mama, Hannah, she didn't, she didn't have no kids, and she was married to a guy named Elkanah, and he had another wife, Penny. And this mm-hmm. other wife, Penny, she had children, but Hannah wasn't having no children, and so they would go up to the high place, you know, to praise and worship at a certain time and to give unto the Lord. So he would give Hannah double what he gave Pinnah because she had children and they was working and, you know, supplying for their mother as well. But Hannah didn't have nobody. So when it was time to go up, Hannah went up and when she got a minute, she went off to the side and was praying to the Lord about a child. And she was telling God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And what was the the priest's name? Had them two disobedient boys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love the book of Samuel. I'm, I'm looking, y'all. Y'all bear with me here. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the priest's name. Eli. Why could I remember that right? Because Eli. 
So Eli saw over there with a mouth moving, but he didn't hear nothing. And uh, he thought she was drunk, but she wasn't. I tell you what, let, let's get this a little bit in, too. Let's get this a little bit in. First Samuel chapter 1. Let's go here. Now, there was a certain man in Ramapotamia, Ramah Zophram, Zophram, I'm sorry, of Mount Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, and the son of Jerome, uh, the son of Elahu, the son of Tuhuhu, the son of Zuth, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Pinnah. And Pinnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penai his wife and to all her sons and her daughter portions. See, he gave them a lot. But Hannah, he gave a word of portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. See, he gave her word the portion too, and she didn't have no children. But she, 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 you know, he understood, and he loved her. See, it make all the difference when somebody loves you. Hallelujah. Verse 6 says, and her adversary also provoked her sore, but to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. So P9, her children, they picking at Hannah. And, you know, doing all kind of things, saying all kind of things, because she didn't have no children. Verse 7 says, and as he did so year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord. So she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Hannah was crying and wouldn't eat. Verse 8 says, then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? My goodness. Oh, he was given to her. He loved her. Verse 9 says, so Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. Verse 10 says, and she was in bitterness of soul. You know, she was sad, she was down and out, she was hurt, and she didn't have no children. And prayed unto the Lord and wept sore, cried so unto the Lord. And she bowed a bow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. You hear that? Give me a boy. I'm going to give him back to you all the days of his life, and no razor will touch his head. Verse 12 said, And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli mocked her mouth. This is the priest, Eli. Hop nine finished dead. <laughs> Thirteen says, Now Hannah 
she's thinking her heart, only her, she didn't speak out loud, only her lips moved, in other words, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. He thought she was drunk. 14, and Eli said unto her, how long would thou be drunk? Put away thy wine from thee. 15 says, and Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. 16 says, count not thine handmaid to be a daughter of Baal. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. I'm telling you this because of what I'm going through, Eli. I'm not drunk. I ain't drank nothing. Wine or strong drink. I'm in deep sorrow. I'm tired of the adversary picking at me because I don't have children. I'm tired of Eli. I mean, I'm tired of Elkanah coming and give me the amount of 10 sons because I don't have no children to share it with. 17 says, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee that petition that thou hast asked of him. Now, you see that sometimes you can go to the man, the woman of God, and tell them your sorrow. And they speak the blessings of the Lord upon you, and what they speak surely comes to pass. Oh, it's going to come to pass. And I'll say this, don't tarry, wait for it. Because they spoke it. And when they spoke it, it had a date to come into existence. But what you need is to have the patience to wait on it to come. Again, this morning, see, we want everything instant, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I wanted it yesterday. Hmm. But God may not send it for a week. He may not send it for a month. He may not send it for a year, five years, ten years. When the time is right, that's when he's sending the blessing. Yeah. So 18 says, and she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, Hannah, she went away, and did eat now, and her countenance was no more sad. This was the mother of Samuel. So she had Samuel, and then she had more children, but because she promised God that boy, Samuel, the first child, she went and gave him to Eli, the priest. And Eli began to train Samuel. Well, Samuel was in the bed sleeping. He heard his name being called, so he got up. I think it was around three times he got up and went to Eli and said, you called? The first time Eli said, no, go back to bed. The second time he went in there and said, Eli, did you call me? He said, no. He said, go back to bed. But this time when you hear your name called, tell the Lord you hear So that's what Samuel did. And God began to speak to Samuel. And look, he was not quite like the other, you know, servants. Because the people found out that what he prophesied had come to pass. What he said, God said, it came to pass. Oh, he was, oh, this was a great prophet of God. So Samuel got a chance to 
be an advisor to the king, King Saul. Remember him? We talked about him yesterday. God told him to kill the Amalekites. He up there to my what the people want. And God took his anointing from him. David came over there during that time. They was at war with the Philistines. They had Goliath the giant. Goliath had some brothers and things bigger than him. <laughs> and David was the shepherd boy. He was out there keeping the sheep. But he wanted to know what was going on with the war. And then the dad wanted to send some food to his sons that were serving in the war. So he sent David to take these gifts over there. So when the brothers see they what you want, you just want to come and see how the war was going and watch the fight. David was the one that Goliath challenged them and said, you don't have a man strong enough or brave enough to fight against me. The little shepherd boy was the one who said you were undefiled Philistine. Who are you to defile the, 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 the name of the Lord our God? And David went on over there with the stone and the sling and, and shot it and hit Goliath in the center of the forehead and killed him dead, the giant. You know that was God. Sometimes it don't take much for you to win and know you done won because the victory is already yours. This that same David. This the same David that fought in many wars. It's the same David that took Uriah's wife Bathsheba. It's that same David was that the father of Solomon. Yeah. And as we go on, we we will talk about Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. He was the son of David, the wisest man that ever lived. But Solomon had a problem with them girls. <laughs> Solomon had wives and cuckabines and all of it. What in the world, Solomon, would you do with 1,100 women? You really can't even please one. You just got, uh, you just got all the rest of these women just tied up. And they just unsettled for it. You get the hair done, the nails done, they get to take their beauty baths and, and bathe in special perfumes and all of this. And they in the house with a bunch of other women. And you come over there, come through when you can, because you, you're not going over there. Uh, back in the day, they had a sand over there, uh, Sister Rita, and they called it knocking boots. Solomon wasn't over there knocking no boots every night. 1,100 women? Come on, Solomon. Stop your foolishness now. But I guess I'll assume he did what he could for who he could. <laughs> but it wasn't all 1,100 every night. I know he had to space it out. David, the father of Solomon, wanted to build a temple. But he couldn't do it. God said his hands was too bloody. He had been all them battles, and aside from that, he had killed Uriah. Uriah's blood was on his hands. That's bloody, too. 
He thought he had got away with something and nobody knew, but God knew, and he sent the prophet Nathan over there to remind David of what he done did. And David thought it was somebody else the prophet Nathan was talking about. But it's you, king, old king. So much went on with Solomon and David. Look, Solomon was so bad. God blessed this man's soul. Look at this. The queen of Sheba uh, 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 come down there. Well, Sheba, the queen, she, she come down there because she heard how bad he was. She heard uh, this man is so wise and he this and he, so she wanted to go and see for herself. She brought him gold and all kind of stuff. Ooh-wee. He fell in love with her. <laughs> 1,100 wives and concubines. Here come another one. Bringing him gifts, Solomon. It's a whole bunch of stuff went on with them. David, Solomon, whole bunch of stuff. His children, his sons, his daughter got raped. Just all kind of stuff. I believe had not David touched Uriah with his little note from which sent by the captain, he may have been pretty good. But he just couldn't resist the temptation of his flesh. You you want to tell me, think about it now. All this kingdom I'm king over, and there's only one fine woman in the whole kingdom, and she's married, and I got to have her. Why didn't I look out or tell somebody, you know, some of my servants, hey, y'all, you, you see that woman over there? What's her name? Bathsheba. I want y'all to look through the country and find me another one that's as fine and beautiful as she is and bring her to me. Now, to me, that would have been a smart move. And maybe that's after the fact. I don't know. But it would have kept his hands from being bloody. Because he could have married this woman. She was single. I'd have made sure, hey, hey, don't bring me nobody married over here. <laughs> I won't be able to do that. Yeah. But it was a whole bunch went on with these people. Same thing that went on with Abraham. Bunch went on with Isaac, Jacob, even Esau. The handmaiden and the son that came before Isaac. See, there's a whole bunch of stuff when you get in here and begin to read, begin to study. It's, it's a whole lot. I'm just giving a little bit of the surface stuff that I believe most people may know about. But there's some deeper things in this that go on. Y'all think the stories were something. What they call them now? As the world turned and all this stuff, uh, another world and a general hospital and days of our life, all of these things. Soaps, soap operas. You think the soaps are something? Get in that word and watch what you, you'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no, they didn't. Samson and Delilah, remember them too? She tricked Samson out of his strength. Oh, but Samuel had, uh, uh, um, not Samuel. The strongest man. <laughs> he had sense. 
Samson, I'm sorry, I'm looking at something else talking about Solomon, but Samson, he had brain enough in the ending of his destruction to ask God for strength one more time. He was the strongest man ever lived, Samson. Kill a hundred foxes. Take a bear and box him up like he was a baby. But Samson did not want the right woman. And it's like that for men. The only woman they truly trust is their mama. That's why they always come back to mama or grandmama, who whatever lady raised them and treated them right and showed them love. And sometimes they didn't really show them a whole lot of love, but it's who they know and it's who they're comfortable with. Samson went back and asked the parents, are you crazy, boy? We're not going to go over there and get that, what was it, a Philistine woman or, or, or some other woman that God is not in and don't believe in our God? And we'll never bow down and worship him in spirit and in truth? That's what Samson wanted, over there laying up with him, playing up with her. No, God wasn't pleased, but he couldn't resist his flesh. Yeah, oh, oh, the list is endless now. There's a bunch of the old saints. But many, if not all, came to their senses in the end. I believe Solomon came to his mind because eventually he went crazy. Uh, Sheba. Are you kidding me? So look, we're looking now at John. Anybody remember John that baptized Jesus? Mary was pregnant, Jesus' mother, and Elizabeth, John's mother, was pregnant at the same time. And his dad wanted a son too. And when the angel of the Lord come to tell him Hey, Elizabeth didn't have a son, and he's he looking crazy, too, because he believes Elizabeth is past the time of baby having for, for Elizabeth. I mean, Zachariah, that's what he believed, you know. And maybe Elizabeth believed it, too, but God showed him, hey, there is no time. Yeah, it's according to my will. It's according to what I want to do. I made y'all for my pleasure. And this thing is going to bless you. What I do is going, what I'm going to do will bless you. And it did. Well, they shut up Zachariah's mouth. He couldn't say nothing till after John was born. But if we remember correctly, John was born with the Holy Ghost. And as time went on, John was out in the wilderness baptized. And he was out there wearing camera half of clothes and eating honey and wild locusts. He wasn't like a traditional preacher. He wasn't sitting in the pulpit waiting on the offering plate, you know. And uh, if somebody invite me, I'm going. Now, John was out in the wilderness doing whatever he could, uh, preparing the way for Jesus. He told him it was one coming after him that was preferred before him, whose shoe latches he wasn't worthy to tie or untie. Here come Jesus. And he let him know this is the Savior of the world coming. 
And Jesus told him, I, I, you got to baptize. And he said, no, no, I need you. He said, no, I got to baptize you, John, because that's what the Father wants. John quickly humbled himself and went on and baptized Jesus when Jesus come up. Out of that liquid grave, the heavens opened up to him and he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Anybody read that? John went one way, Jesus went the other. They didn't team up and go the same way. I think it was John and Peter went the same way and they ended up separating. Because sometimes what I got is bigger than what you got. And sometimes to you what you got is bigger than what I got. But we need to both put them down, put them back down the side, and we come together to serve unto the Master, Almighty God, Jehovah. But sometimes we holding on to it because God gave it to us and we know it's right. But humble is the way. If I had to sit under somebody today, humble, Barbara, is the way. You don't come before. I can't go over there to Divine Truth and Deliverance Ministry telling Jack and Carl nothing over <laughs> Nothing over there. Not in demand. What? God can give me something to tell them. But I can't go over there demanding them. He said, come subject to the higher power. So I, there's a way for me to share it with them where they can relate and they understand. And then guess what? They'll tell God, thank you for me delivering the message. But if I go over there demanding, I already know Jackie going to start looking strange and Carl going to, you know, eventually ask you to sit down. And if he don't, he going to pray you down. Y'all forgive me for laughing. Yeah. So these are the some of the things of the old saints. And I didn't want you to think everybody was born perfect. They cut John the Baptist's head off because he told the king and his sister-in-law, y'all shouldn't be married. You shouldn't have married your brother's wife. The sister-in-law who had married him was so mad for him saying that because she didn't want to lose her power as queen. Had the daughter. He loved the way the daughter danced, which that shouldn't have been either. And I never would have pushed my daughter up to dance for a husband I know was full of lustful spirits and might go with a rattlesnake. I'm telling you, I never would have pushed her up for that. But she hated John so. She let the daughter go on and dance, Herodias. And afterwards, because he told her, if you'll dance for me and my friends, say was something to that. You and your friends, what y'all looking for? And I'm supposed to be your stepdaughter. Huh? Dance for me and, you know, to guess, I give you up to half of my kingdom. Well, that sounded appealing to the daughter, but she kind of thought it was strange, but she went on, went to the mama with it, who would not stand up for her daughter and say, no, you're not dancing for these men, and especially your stepdaddy. But she saw opportunity. So she pushed the girl on up, let her went on a dance, and then when it came time to be paid, the girl said, what should I ask for? 
The mom tells her John the Baptist head. Ooh, that devil is something serious. That evil spirit used her. So they and, and he didn't like it. He didn't really want to do it, but he had given his word because he knew what John told him was the truth. That's just like with Pilate. He knew Jesus was innocent, but he went with what the people said because he wanted another term of being governor or whatever he was. And we have that nonsense today. And our country today, I'm doing this because if I don't do it, I won't get my term again to serve. Serve who? Yourself? Because you're not serving God and you're definitely not serving the people. Yeah. So look, I want to say this this morning because we have some time. Anyone that feels there's another old saint that they want to talk about and they want to share a little bit of insight about insight about this particular saint, please feel free to press that number one and come in. We would be so happy to hear because I, I didn't even really touch the surface. I just did a little bit for us today because, look, when I look back, there is First uh, and Second John. There is Peter. Yeah, there's, there's much more. And then it, it, this is not the little bit I talked about with Solomon and Moses and Samuel. That's just a little tad bit in the bucket. There's much more. And there were some other patrons back then, saints of God. They started off and then they, they, they made mistakes. They got into trouble. They sinned. They did wrong. But then they come to their senses. They went and repented and got it right with God. David. Now, Saul, I can't say. Can't say for Saul. Not, not, not Saul, Paul, but Saul, King Saul. The one that put the heavy stuff on David and told him, go ahead and uh, kill Goliath. And David told him, take all this armor mess off me. I can't go over there and kill him with this on. It's too heavy. These people I'm talking about, hallelujah. Listen, we're going to close out in prayer right here, but we're coming back. As soon as you let me know, you have another old saint you want to talk about. So, Sadat, if you're ready, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do our Bible questions. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. Today, God, as we think back on these old saints and what they went through, the mistakes they made and the wrongs they did and the sins they committed, Father, we ask that you would strengthen us. Forgive us this morning of all our sins and wrongdoings, our wrong thoughts, our wrong speakings, our wrong feelings today. And Father, though our sins be as scarlet, we ask that you will wash us as white as snow. Cleanse us this morning from all unrighteousness, Father, and give us a clean heart and restore the right spirit within us. Lord, replace in us what the enemy has taken concerning your will and your way. In the name of Jesus, 
Make us over again this morning. Father, make us brand new creatures in you. Give us a refreshed and new heart. Give us a new mind. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Strengthen us that, God, we can obey your word. We can let our flesh die so you can live today. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, um, Sister Dot, if you're ready, just press your number one, and I know you're ready to do the Bible questions. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to do them on yesterday, I do understand. Because when I tell you a day go by fast, look, it was just Monday, and it's Wednesday already. Yeah. So um, I can do the... Uh, I can do the morning Bible questions, um, Sister Dot, if you're not ready today and after the show, I try to go over and put the new set over there because some days I'm, I'm running a little bit behind time on putting the questions in the poll over on Jesus in the morning, yeah, because something else is going on and something else is going on. <laughs> It's going on, and so I'm running late. And especially if I got to go out right after the show and come back. Sometimes it's after lunch before I can uh, get this in. But look, we are going to start with our Bible questions, Sister Dot. God bless you this morning. Uh, I thank God for you. I know your bid's over there, too, because she's always posting and this and that and helping someone. You know, God bless you. God bless you. All right, good morning, Sister Dodd. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. I sent you a text message, but you didn't see it. Okay. Is it a text or a message on Facebook? It's a, it's in Messenger. Okay. All right. Oh. Oh, wait a minute, Sister <laughs> Dodd. Hold on. Let me go look now. Because I tell you what, let, we are going to uh, one more Andre Crouch song of the morning. And uh, when we come back, we are coming back to do our Bible questions for the day. Yeah, let me go over and take a look. I could have sworn I put them in there yesterday because I have them uh, down right here. All right, let's go with this one. I'm so delighted to be here tonight, and I'm grateful for Jesus Christ and for what he means to me. And I don't know how I got here on Indian night, but I'm here. (laughs) I'm so grateful today because I can say that I have Christ in my life. And at the early age of nine years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. My father was what we call a bootleg preacher. He didn't want to own up to being a preacher. He was in Bible college, and um, he never wanted to be a preacher. He was a businessman, and nevertheless, the Lord kept talking to him. And once the Lord puts a hook in your jaw, you can't escape. And I remember him being invited to a little church about 60 miles out from Los Angeles, where we are from. And this was a little church, the kind of church that even had the little outhouse in the back. And there was no musician there or anything, and um, my dad didn't know whether whether it was the Lord's will for him to be there, because he didn't want to be a preacher anyway. 
And uh, they said, oh, this is our pastor. And they wanted him so much to uh, be the pastor of this little country church after hearing him speak that afternoon. And time went on, and uh, my uncle, which is a, a presbyter of Southern California, asked him, he said, uh, Ben Crouch, why don't you go out there and just kind of get the church organized? He said, well, Ben, if the church doesn't have a musician, I'm going to pray if God wants me to be there. I'm going to pray that God will give Andre the gift of music so he can play for the church. And uh, I had just accepted the Lord at the age of nine, and I was about 11 years old at the time. And my dad calls me up out of the audience and says, Andre, if God were to give you the gift of music, would you use it for his glory? I said, yeah, daddy. You know? <laughs> and then he prayed for me right there. And two weeks later, he said, okay, here you are. And he just stuck me up on the piano. I began to play. And I had a bad stammering problem. I couldn't say over three words without either kicking somebody or pounding the floor, something like that. And I wanted so much to express myself. And I was so grateful for the gift of music and how God had touched my life. And right there, I knew that God was going to use me. And I was just sharing with Brother Graham how, watching some of the telecast, how I, I, I was so blessed. And I said, oh, if I could just sing and people would be there and find Jesus, you know. And uh, it just impressed my life and put a... Uh, just really enriched my life at a very early age and now God has taken us to about 40 different countries of the world and I've seen him do so many miracles how three and a half years ago I was sick unto death and I found Jesus Christ to be a healer and I tell you he's everything and I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to tell everybody all the young people especially in all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path you'll never regret any moment that you've given your heart to Jesus. And a song that he's given me after a hard time in my life, a particular time I thought I couldn't sing, I thought I couldn't smile, but he gave me this little song, and I trust that it should be a blessing to you. I've had many tears and sorrow. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times when I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation That all my trials come to only make me strong mm, I've been a lot of places And I've seen millions of faces But there were times when I felt so all alone lonely hour but Jesus let me know that I was his own now I can say through it all through it all oh yes I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God depend upon his word. So now I thank God for the mountain, and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms. He's brought me through, 
if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in the Word of God could do. But now I can tell the world that through it all, You know I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in God Let me tell you that through it all mm, Through it all, oh yes Oh, I've learned to depend upon His Word Every child of God here tonight You ought to thank God for every mountain you through right now well for if you never have a problem you never know that God can solve them you'll never know what faith in the word of God could do but you can stand like a soldier and say let's do it all or sometimes to the fire let's do it all oh yes don't you know I've learned to trust in Upon his word, to my sickness and pain, I've learned to depend upon his word. When the doctor walked from my bed and shook his head, right then I learned to depend upon his yesterday and did not click uh, save. I have to click the save button to save the questions in the toll, in the poll over there. So anyway, I have the questions here and uh, all five of them. I just forgot to click save over there. Yeah. So the first question is this, and, and listen, you can share with me if you find the scripture and I'm, I, I, you feel like I'm not on track, share with me. It's, the only thing it's going to do is help me. And then another thing afterwards, if you know of an old saint that I said nothing about, and you know a little bit about that saint, you, you studied that, you re, or you read that. And you got understanding out of that. Feel free to share with us this morning. No problem. No problem. So number one in the Bible quiz is this. And by the way, Sister Dot, 
This is our ninth one. Isn't that quick? Nine we've done. Five times nine is five times nine is forty is five times the number nine is forty five. Okay. So now we have forty five of these questions. Beautiful. And uh, we, we're going to do something with them one day. Hallelujah. That's going to bless us all. So look, the first question says, who said, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. It was Apostle Paul over in Romans chapter 7. Wait a minute, y'all. I'm going over there because I want to do this today. I want to go over to the actual scriptures on each one of them if we can. If, now, if you, you have something uh, you want to share about a saint, I need you to go ahead and raise your hand so that we can get that in too right after I finish these. And I'll move as quickly as possible so that we can bring uh, you in to talk about uh, one of the old saints that maybe I, I left out or you have something to say about the saints that I, I spoke about. Yeah. So in chapter, uh, Romans chapter 7 and verse 15, it says, For that which I do I allow not, but what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. Yeah. That's uh, Romans 7 and 15. Yeah. Our next question says, Philippians 2 and 6 through 11 is commonly referred to as, and I said, uh, Christ hymns. And it took me over to Philippians, back to Philippians 2 and 6, and we're going over there as quickly as I can, as quickly as I can. That's chapter 2. We're going into verse 6 through 11, I think it said. Yeah, and this is what it says. says, Who being in, in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Yeah. And that's talking about the Christ hymn. Yeah. All right, we're moving along, and uh, we're going over to number three. And I'm looking for the scripture before I go as quickly as possible. Song of Solomon. Oh, I done told some business. <laughs> it's okay today. It is all right. It is all right in Jesus' name. All right, and let's see. I can move this first page now. Okay. All right, somebody hit me up. Somebody hit me up. Okay, so 
This is what this this one says, number three. Which book has beloved friends and lover as the main character? Song of Solomon. And uh, we'll find that in the Song of Solomon's chapter one. It says, I don't think I have time to read that whole chapter right quick. Well, maybe so, but let's see what it says. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the Savior of thy good ornament, thy name is as ornament poured forth. Therefore do the virgins love thee. Draw me with, draw me, we will run after thee. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine, the upright love thee. Yeah, that's it. So it's going to be four. I believe the Songs of Solomon, chapter one and verse four. It may be on down in the chapter as well, but I'm trying to move as quickly as I can uh, with finding the scriptures for each uh, one of these questions so we can make sure uh, we're putting the right information out there. All right, let's see. Second. Okay. We're getting it done. We're getting it done. So that maybe someone um, have one of the saints of old that they want to share uh, with us today. And uh, maybe it was one of them I spoke about. All right. So number four says, where was Solomon buried? Where was Solomon buried? And he was buried in the city of David, and, and Solomon slept with his fathers, and he was buried in the city of David, his father, and Rehoboam, his son, reigned in the stead. Okay, so where was Solomon buried? It says in the city of David. So uh, the city of David had a name to it. If I'm not mistaken, it was Hebron. If I'm not mistaken, but it don't say this here. It says in the city of David. And we, I found that in Second Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 31. Yeah, so we're going to, I'm going to check that one out too, so the dot makes sure uh, I gave the right information on that one. Yeah, because I'm a little leery about that answer. Okay, well, I'm going to our next scripture. I'm going to our next scripture. We're getting there. This is the last one. All right. And this one, the, the question is, before the temple was built, Solomon offered sacrifices in this place because it was the great high place. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was uh, the great high place, a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that offering. So it's Hebron. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, come on, Hebron. It's Gibeon. 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 Yeah. That's where he went to make the sacrifices. And it said that he, he did a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. My goodness. Yeah. So, oh, I got to circle this one because I got to go back and take a look at it. 
where was Solomon buried? Yeah, I want to go back and make sure. Uh, I'm going to redo and look at it. All right. So we good to go. All right, that's in there. So I know I got to go back over this one, number four, and make sure that I have the right answer. Because I'm sure the name of the city of David and that name is one of those things. The Hebrew, I believe it is, are the same. Yeah. And so if, if there's anyone have the name of a saint they want to mention or the name of one of the saints I miss mentioned that you have something you want to say about them, feel free to press that number one and come in. Good morning, Brother D. I see you down there. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Good to see that 706 today. Good morning to you, Sister Laura. But God, baby, God bless you. Good to see that Philadelphia area code. <laughs> Good morning to you, Brother Anthony. God bless you this morning, sir. Uh, good to see your area code as well. And all right, Nigeria crowd. Good morning, Sister Jerry. God bless you this morning. Thank God for you tuning in. God is faithful. Yes, he is. All you got to do is pray. Yeah, all you have to do today is pray and wait on him. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be entire and mourning for nothing. Huh? Yeah, patience. It's a beautiful thing. And we all need more of it. Amen. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. God bless you. I told Sister Jerry what you said, and uh, she did give me a message back, but you know, if I don't write it down right quick, so much go on in, in this age and time of me, I'll forget. But she's here today, and uh, she can get to hear you for herself. So I'm going to just open the studio right quick for you, Sister Dot, and uh, you can tell her good morning, and uh, if you have time. If you have time, your mic is open. Good morning. Blessings to you and everyone that's listening. All right. All right, Sister God bless you. I'm sorry to disturb you. She probably doing something, y'all. I close your mic back. But uh, good morning to you, Sister Jerry. She's saying, and God bless all of us. So that's a beautiful thing. All right, Brother Anthony, I'm coming at you right now. Good morning again, sir. God bless you. How are you? Good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning, everybody. First of all, I want to give God thanks for waking me up this morning. Thank God for life, health, and strength, keeping me in my right mind, allowing me to see another day I've never seen before. Thank God for the activity in my limb. Thank God for who he is to me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me yet. And I just thank God for him continuing to give me grace and mercy and thank him for wisdom and knowledge and understanding of his word and everything he's doing. Yeah, bear with me right fast. I'm getting ready to head out this morning. I'm trying to maneuver out this parking lot without hitting that with this long trailer. But, oh, uh, my windows on fall. But, um, you know, I just thank God. I, I just uh, was listening. And I want to say good morning to Miss Miss Dot and Sister Jerry and Sister Rita and uh, Sister uh, Fion and uh, uh, Sister uh, Tate and uh, 
uh, Brother Jermaine and Brother D. And, um, God bless uh, Brother Lewis, bless his soul as well, and Sister Sherry, and uh, everybody. There's a couple names, but I just wanted to say good morning to those people. And yeah, Sister Jerry, I miss Sister Jerry cutting up in the, in the morning. Uh, and I had heard her in a little bit, so we just praying for her and her healing. Amen. Jesus, mighty name. Oh, uh, I just wanted to kind of speak on uh, what you were saying about uh, the old, the people in the in the Bible, the older uh, people of gospel, and uh, uh, I would just say uh, Saul. You know, uh, Elder Mumford. You know, y'all met a couple uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. That's what we studying is uh, the book of uh, uh, Solomon. Mm. Uh, I mean the book of Samuel. I mean I'm sorry, the book of Samuel. That's what we mm. study uh, for men. Uh, we just not so long ago finished uh, the first book and we're in the second book now. And uh, you know uh, Saul was the king, and uh, Saul, you know Saul had a Jonathan. And uh, Jonathan and David was, you know, best friends. You know, in the Bible, it says that uh, David and Saul, you know, they had a love as a man would love a woman, you know. And, uh, you know, that's a, I call that a special friendship, you know, for to be close to somebody like that, you know. And, you know, going, it's a whole lot. I try to break it down as, as much as possible real quick as I can, but, uh you know, just Saul, we know that uh, Saul was the king, of course, and uh, Saul disobeyed God. God told Saul to kill all the Amalekites and don't leave nothing. And Saul didn't obey what God told him to the, the extent that he told him, and God mm-hmm. punished him. You know, he didn't, he he, 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 left some, he left some people alive and some of the livestock, and he took some of the, you know, gold and stuff, certain things that he felt you know, that he wanted to keep and everything and you know, God told him, you know, he wanted everything and gone and wiped it out. And if y'all read in the story, you know, if you read along the further you get in there, it uh, it it'll t- kinda of break that down. But uh I just say with David, you know, David honored Saul as you know, Saul when David killed Goliath, you know, Saul took to him, you know, and uh raised him up kind of raised him and taught him, you know, <clears throat> everything he know, you know, and, uh, you know, David loved Solomon. I mean, David loved Saul, too, you know, and uh, it ended up Saul, you know, got to the point, you know, when he started having issues, you know, and in his mind, you know, David, they had said that David would play, you know, the harp for uh, Saul when he when the evil spirits mm-hmm. came about, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh as the story go along, you know, Saul throwing knives at David. David, you know, dodging knives and trying to get away. And uh, even Saul got to the point where, you know, he got upset with his, I, I can't remember his daughter's name, but his daughter, David, you know, uh, her to die, I mean, uh, David to die, and uh, kind of uh, covered up for him, you know, with it, you know, and, you know, she, he got mad at her and got mad at Jonathan and got mad to the point with Jonathan. I think he also threw a knife at Jonathan, if I ain't mistaken. Uh, 
I could be wrong, but I know he did something to Jonathan, man. Oh, you know that made him mad. But you know Jonathan and David, you know, had that relationship, and they were friends. And you know Jonathan knew that his dad was wrong, you know, and it, it caused a lot of confusion, you know, between them. And you know we uh, listening to the story and oh. Uh, as we read it, you know, he he was just, you know, there's some Elder Martha asked us, he was like, you know, how many people have we been mad with or, you know, people that try to, our enemies that, that try to hurt us, you know, and did, have we felt like, you know, something happened to them that we would be glad that whatever happened to them happened, you know, and, you know, that was one of the questions, you know, and um, so... You know, in the end, Saul died, but it wasn't under David's hand. It was uh, in war, and I forgot who they was uh, war had went to war with. But uh, you know, he he tried to get his armor bearer to kill him, and his armor bearer wouldn't kill Saul. So Saul, you know, fell on his own sword, you know, and killed himself. You know, well, I would just, I, I kind of wanted to point out in it, you know, the the it was a young guy that came. That was a Malachite, and he said that, uh, you know, he the one that uh, killed Saul. And you know, we talked about, you know, in the men's group how, you know, how David honored Saul. You know, as a man of God, you know, he honored him that he was doing, you know, God's will. You know, the guy had called him, you know, and he was like, who is he? Who is he to kill? You know, a man of God. You know, he don't have, you know, the right to do that. You know, and uh. So he didn't do it, but in that he killed that Amalekite was saying that he killed Saul, you know, in this old. Uh, he got his, um, one of his soldiers, David got one of his soldiers to kill the young Amalekite. And uh, just go to, and we you know we were talking about that in the group, you know, sometimes we are. Uh, Sometimes, you know, even at different ages, you know, might have lied. And, he, and the other month was saying, you know, how, you know, sometimes your lie come back and bite you in the butt, you know. <laughs> and, oh, you know, that's kind of what happened to the Amalekite, you know, him lying, saying that, you know, he killed Saul. And he didn't do it. But, you know, being that David, you know, had that love and honor of Saul, David had him killed, you know, and, oh, uh, you know, it was, it, it was a, that, that story, you know, it's still resonating with me, you know, and, you know, we we still in it, still reading it. There's a whole lot, you know, that, that I can mention, you know, it's just I ain't got no time today. But, uh, you know, it just kind of wild me, you know, everything would happen, you know, and even David fighting, so David joined some, some other uh, 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 clans, you know, and we we kind of talked about it, you know, when they got to the point where they was getting ready to come in the land of the fight of Saul and them, you know, the, the people said, you know, why do we got this, you know, we got David and his army, you know, he might kill us, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, as we read it and they broke it down, you know, and, it, and I feel, and that's what, you know, Elvin Moffat said as well, you know, that, you know, Saul wasn't, I mean, uh, David wasn't going to uh, fight against Saul and Jonathan. You know, that was his family. So, you know, 
if it came down to it, he gonna kill them. You know what I'm saying? And the people come and that even with that, they had a little had to have a little discernment with that to know. Okay, man, well, we we get into an area where his family is, so we gotta let him go because we don't know what he gonna do. And he lurking back there in the back. You know, we go to sleep at night, he might kill us. You know, and we know that David was a a, 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 a awesome battle. You know, he in a battle fight. He you know he was ruthless. He he would get you. You know, and also Jonathan too. Jonathan, you know, he was he was a, a skill a warrior too. You know, if you read in that in that word, so <clears throat> you know, as we just took all that in and just reading and listening to, you know, and knowing what what happened and what went on, you know, it just kind of let me know, you know, that uh, sometimes, you know, we 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 might want something so bad, you know, but somebody might do something to us, but sometimes we just gotta. You know, let God handle. You know, and, and that's kind of, you know, basically what uh, David did. You know, he let God handle. You know, in the end, he didn't want it to happen. Him, them to die like that. But you know, that was what God. You know, that's what God said because God told him. You know, and they even too with them. Uh, you know, what happened to Saul and his and his um his his two boys. You know. Uh, you know, Saul end up going to uh, 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 a source. What's a, I'm trying to think. It is, a, is it a source of Mrs. Barber? But they went, he went to the lady. To get the witch. The lady, yes, ma'am, to get the uh, the the witch to bring um, uh, what was it, Solomon. Samuel. 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 Oh, yeah, that's right, Samuel. Yeah, that's right. To get Samuel out of the ground, <clears throat> raise him up, and he tricked the witch, you know, but... She ended up doing it, but eventually she found out that, oh, excuse me, they got the truck is bumping on the highway, but eventually she found out that, oh, he was the one that was, oh, so it was that he was so, you know, and she was like, you, you know, you tricked me into doing it, but she did it, but, oh, you know, she, she got raised up, oh, Samuel, and Samuel told, you know, Saul, you know, that he was going to die, you know, him and this, you know, his boys, they were gonna die, you know. And you know, he was he he was sick, you know. He he didn't eat for a couple of days and everything, you know. But oh, uh, you know he, I, you know it kind of came back on him, you know, not listening, not being obedient, you know, and you know, that I tell you to do something, you know, you need to do it, you know. And I'm I'm guilty too. I I can't, you know, I'm guilty myself. But a lot of times, God might have or some things that I might have needed to do. You know, and not seeking God in the situation, you know, and not doing it, you know, but God had mercy, you know, that's, that's where that mercy and grace come in, you know, to a certain point, but, you know, too, God will, you know, let let things happen, you know what I'm saying, when he, when you, he feel like, okay, well, since you know more than me, I'm going to just let you go through what you got to go through since you, since you think you know the answer, you know, and you know, a lot of times, you know, us as people, you know, we, we fall, you know, and fall short, you know, but <clears throat> like I said, that's where God's grace come in, you know, in that, you know, at times, and then sometimes, you know, God just pull his hand back, you know, and I just thank God for God just continuing to keep his hand on me, you know, and, and my life, you know, in spite of my shortcomings and my downfalls, 
you know, and just bless me. But, uh, you know, I just think about what you said, Miss Barber, that, you know, uh, I think if a lot of uh, children, even young adults and adults, you know, if they would just picture <clears throat> the, the, the word, like, looking at, you know, the stories, basically, <laughs> That you know that it will get their attention. You know, what I'm saying they they'll learn a lot. You know, from mm-hmm. all the things that go in go on in the Bible, the things that happen. You know, and uh, I I just uh, kind of read uh, uh, other books like the Book of Enoch and the Book of Joshua, <clears throat> and uh, there's a whole lot of stuff. You know, in that concerning uh, things that happen in the Bible that you know those books break down those things a little bit more, you know. So, you know, a lot of times I I reflect on what I've heard or what I've read in uh in the in the Bible and then I listen to the the book of Enoch and the book of Jasper, you know, and some of those the same things that happen in that in the Bible, you know, as I'm listening to those uh they they'll break it down a little bit with more detail, you know, uh, to certain things, you know, concerning <clears throat> those books in the Bible. So, you know, it's, it's it, it helped me and it's exciting exciting to me to you know just be listening and riding, you know, going throughout my day just listening to those those stories and you know things just happening and you know having the knowledge of what happened. And then being able to hit it in the, the book of Enoch or the book of Jasper, and then they break it down a little bit more. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, I got this. You know, I know this, you know, because I've been listening. I've been paying attention. So, you know, it's, it's a blessing. But uh, I just wanted to say that this morning. And uh, God bless everybody. And y'all just continue to keep me in prayer and keep y'all in prayer as well. And y'all have a blessed, awesome day. And happy Valentine's to all the ladies. God bless. Amen. God bless you, Brother Anthony. Uh, what I wanted to say about that, Samuel. Oh, wait a minute. Here's uh, Sister Jerry. All right, Sister Jerry, I'm bringing you in right now. Good morning. God bless you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good this morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. Yeah, I want to say good morning to everyone. Thanks for thanking to God. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was listening about the book of uh, God, I'm getting bad. I can't even my memory going. About the book of uh, David and Saul trying to kill him. That happens in families. Sometimes family get jealous and they just ready to kill. When we all could have the same anointing, but just talking to God. But that's about all I wanted to contribute to was Saul trying to kill David and how Jonathan helped David when the enemy was after. So when we see our enemies arise, God never said no weapon will form. He said no weapon form against you shall prosper. But he didn't say the weapon wouldn't form. Sometimes our enemies just want to come after. And jealousy is a bad, 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 bad thing. I told my sisters and brothers the other day, you all are jealous of me? But I just laugh. They have no reason to be jealous of me, Barbara. 
Saul had no reason. He was gained, but sometimes where you act is where you act, and you no longer have that authority anymore. God knows best. And that's about all I want to say, but David is the is that great saint that I love reading about. But I don't know, was Hezekiah, was he considered a saint, Father? Uh, I would say, yeah, Jerry, uh, he turned his back to the wall. Yes. And God gave him, I think it was 15 more years or so many more years. Yeah, so I want to say Hezekiah was a saint. That, you know, and he learned, sometimes we just got to really dig in with God and pray. And he went and turned his back to the wall and prayed. And God said to the messenger, I forgot the man that came and told him the guy. But, hey, God said, he's going to give you 15 more years. Mm -hmm. See, so. All may look gold, but all is not lost. So that's what I want to talk about with Hezekiah, that turned his back to the face to the wall and prayed, and God granted him 15 more years. Okay. 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 But I looked at that yesterday for the questions, and I said, okay, I, I'm off key. I'm I'm back here in this room getting way off key, but it's okay. Yes, I'm I'm putting new ones out there today, Jerry. Okay. Thank you, Barbara. Yes, she's And thank you for the medication you brought me yesterday. It really (laughs) helped my condition. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Bruh after this, bruh after this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just have to keep it proud. Look, talk about her medication. I took her a cinnamon twist donut. And she gave mm. her her medication for her condition. <laughs> well, we I told you that <laughs> We just keeping her in press. Yeah, it had been a while really? since I've been over. Yeah, been over to see and God bless me to go over. Um, to see her and to take her a little something, you know, not much. I wanted to take a p- homemade peanut butter cookies, but I said, oh, no, don't yeah. take to her. Don't do that. And then I started to take two chocolate chips, and then I said, no, don't do that. But you do this one thing right here, and that is it. And her well, it happened my condition, Barbara. Look, yeah. I was able to get up this morning. See? It happened my condition. Yes, yes. And it's all right. And thank Jesus. God for everybody. Yes, in prayer. Thank God. Let's keep us all in prayer. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. God bless you. God bless you. And uh, we're moving right along. But I want to go back a little bit to Saul. And Saul was jealous because he realized God had, had taken the anointing from him and passed it to his neighbor, David. And so he was, uh, Saul was just upset with everybody and everything because things was not going the way they usually was going when he was obedient. Yeah. 
in in the the prophet Samuel went over, and he had the Amalekite king at the table. Yeah. And Saul said, David, what is this bleeding I hear in my ear? He said, oh, the people, <laughs> they wanted to bring back the spoil. So, you know, I let them. He said, David, God told you to keep. And, and Saul fell on the prophet, fell on the Amalekite king with the sword and killed him. Yeah. But Saul was trying to do some things to make the anointing come back, but it wasn't coming. God was through. He did what he did, and he wasn't going to undo it. And, and Saul had put out in the land that any witches, he found out you was a witch, you was going to be dead. But when he couldn't hear from God, and Samuel wasn't coming no more to give him a word from God, because Samuel died. This is when he went to the witch, Brother Anthony, and asked the witch to bring up Samuel. She said, oh, no, oh, you saw. No, 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 because she tried to feed him. He wouldn't eat because his, his mind was being tortured because he didn't know what was going on. And so he told her, no, no, I'm not going to have it here. Just go ahead and bring Samuel up. She brought Samuel up from the dead. And when Samuel saw Saul, he said, Saul, what do you want? Saul said, you dead, I can't hear nothing, and, and God is not speaking to me, and I want to know what's going on, what's going to happen. He said, by this time tomorrow, Saul, you and both your sons will be dead. Yep. Sometimes it's best not to seek a word. <laughs> it's best not to seek a word. It's best to stay in the word of God. But see, them people that are seeking after a word, they're not seeking after God. They just need you to give me a little bit to keep me going. Uh-huh. But I, I can't get a word. I don't want to chase behind the prophet. I want to chase the word of God. If I have to chase something, and I don't have to chase anything, I just pick my book up and begin to study I just get my outline, just pray before I touch anything and listen for the instructions of God. And he he's, he give understanding because he said, and all I get it, get understanding. So now Saul couldn't kill himself. He couldn't fall on that sword like that. He knew better. Yeah, so somebody come and did it for him. Yeah. And he ran out there to tell David, thought he was doing something big, and didn't know he was running to his death to tell David that about the king, because he still saw Saul as God's anointed. He still saw Saul as the king. Now, in our day and time, let a preacher mess up. What? What? I, I don't care what it is, because see, some things, it's, it's just going to be. Because some men, they're they battling with some things, but that's between them and God. But what God gives them to give to you, it's not a lie. It's just that you're watching their lives. And we don't need to know them after the flesh. We need to know them after the spirit. So we pray for them and continue on. But the first little sign of mistake they make, we nail them to the cross. I'm coming upside down and sideways. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we have to pray for these people that up and saying that God is using them. We we pray for them. Yeah. I'm praying for myself. The Lord, I'll stay with you. Because the world become wickeder and wiser. And sometimes people are afraid when it comes to being homeless. So they'll do some things so that they won't be homeless. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, I, I, I knew a couple of people that were still. Because, Baba, I can't, I can't be out there like that. I, I, I know you did it and you can do it again, but I, I can't do that. that but I don't know where my next bath going to come. Baba, I can't be out here like this. Okay. <laughs> so they got to go and uh, let their fingers be sticky. And sticky enough to get what they need to pay their rent every month. Yeah. A house note every month. Whatever they got. But I learned to trust God. And I learned this. Uh, though it slay me, I'm going to trust him. Though I become hungry, I'm going to trust him. Though I become homeless, I'm going to trust him. Because whatever he's allowing me to go through, it's going to work together for my good. Because evidently, I'm out here because this is where I need to be. This is where the assignment at. This is where the work is. Or if I work unto him when I get through y'all, all the reward is going to be great and endless. Yeah. But I don't believe God brought me this far to make me homeless or allow me to become homeless. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Hallelujah. I think he's right here by my side. Over and over. Every day. Every day. And he keeps on making a way for me, and he keeps on blessing me. Yeah, so I don't want to be uh, without faith, and I don't want to not trust God. I want to trust him, because in my trusting him, it teaches me some things I need to have. It, well, it gives me some things spiritually I need, and it teaches me some spiritual things I need to lesson for, but I have to trust him. I have to let go so that he can have his way. Yeah. And see, we get caught up in the thing. But I thank God coming out the box, I learned, don't you be beholden to nothing but Jesus. That's all I got to hold on to. Because he's a great way maker. Woo! He's a hard fixer. And he's a mind regulator. And I'm not talking about how I look and how I look to people and what people, uh-uh, uh-uh, I, I come out of that. Because see, just like I just told you, folks stealing, they keep from being homeless. Now, they're not out broadcasting that, you see? So if I'm caught up into what they caught up into, uh-uh, I want to be free. For whom the son set free is free indeed. I'm free to tell you the truth. Hey, I ain't got no money. <laughs> Ooh, not like that. I don't have no money this week to share. Yeah. <laughs> I only have bill money. <laughs> but if God say give, I got to give it up. Because he already made a way for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he loves a cheerful giver. It's Valentine's Day. That's what they told me. They says that happy Valentine's, Barbara. Listen, 
we want to give something today. And not just because it's Valentine's Day, but we want to give something to strangers because we are cheerful givers. And I don't want you to hold back on it. Don't hold back because you're looking at self. Give somebody a little box of chocolates. Uh, if you go over there to that Dollar Tree, they got them for a dollar and seven cents, the little small boxes. I think four pieces of chocolate come in there. So if you give that out, somebody go, can I get a hug? Oh, thank you so much, because they weren't going to get nothing. Some folks married. Married folks ain't buying married folks nothing sometimes. If you know DJ, the comedian, he said, flip the light switch. That's your balance. <laughs> somebody get this uh, man and, and lead him to Jesus. Said, so when he paid bills all year long, that's your Valentine, right? It's the way he said, y'all. I, I was screaming. I'm sorry. But we want to be cheerful givers. That's why we're giving the strangers. We're happy to see the smile come on somebody's face. Uh, we know that if so-and-so get a, a, a half a dozen of roses, that, that's going to be a beautiful gift for them. And my wife, she's not going to get upset because I'm giving to a stranger who I don't give to. Uh, I'm not telling her I love her, but I love God, and I want to be a cheerful giver, and he loves a cheerful giver. Give a stranger something this year. Yeah, to my Valentine's Day. Yeah. If I gave to a man this year, I would give him some baked cookies, just pass them out, you know. I baked them myself. Happy Valentine's. Or oh, God bless you, whatever I say. And keep it moving. I want to take every opportunity. Because you know people say, oh, it's the pagan's holiday. It comes from devil worship. It comes from this. It can come from anything it wants to. I'm giving it in the name of Jesus as a cheerful giver. Not because of that holiday. Not because of that day. But because he loves a cheerful giver. And I can give it in his name. Oh, yeah. Amen goes right there today. Yeah, there were a couple of more things I wanted to say, but that is it right there. And uh, we thank God for the old saints paving the way for us and showing us all the mistakes and uh, praying to the Lord that we don't do the same. Yeah, because I would want to see somebody husband and I'm in power. And that's all the woman got is her husband. And I go over there to take her husband because he's just that fine to me. Now, I don't think so. Uh-uh. There's too many other ones out there, you know, not married. Yeah, not not looking to really hook up, hook up, whatever it is they do. But I don't want to take nothing from nobody. Yeah. Nathan told him, you're right. Was all, I mean, Bathsheba was all Uriah had. And sometimes older men need to sit their old self down. Yeah, just sit on down. Get your woman about your age. And go on and bow our elderly gracefully. I see him all the time riding in the, he almost looking like he 100 years old, but he riding in the sports car. I'm like, what in the world could be going on in his mind? Shantae was telling me one day, he said, Mama, he wanted that car all his life. Oh! 
and he just could afford it now when he retired. I was so tickled I didn't know what to do, but I had to get myself together. You, why are you going backwards in your head? Come forward. Come forward looking for a better future. You don't have to be elderly because you're of age. There's a difference. But you can be sound mind. I don't want to run out here in a mini skirt. <laughs> Y'all forgive me, you know I laugh. Because it tickles me. What am I going to do on the beach <laughs> in a bikini? Lord forgive me. <laughs> I just have to laugh. That's the way it looked to me funny. It, it, this has got to be a joke. But many times it's no joke. It's the mind of the people. I'm 60 years old and I'm going to get tattooed after tattoo. Something is wrong inside of the brain. Something is wrong. When I was a child, I did childish things. I'm an adult. I want to do grown folk stuff. I don't want to do what no teenager did. I don't want to do what I, I, what I did when I was 21. What? No, I don't want to be out there like that. When I was 21, I drove like a demon. On a 30 mile an hour street, I'm doing 65. For what? 21. No maturity, really. I used to say no brain. I'm 66, in a few days, 67. I don't want to do what I was doing when I was 25. I, I, I don't want none of that daisy duking and miniskirt and don't come out the door unless you dress. I, I don't want none of that. I want to dress the part. I'm someone's mother. I'm someone's grandmother. I'm someone's great-great-grandmother. Yeah, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, I don't want to do the latest dance. See, as you get older, you mature. I want to be able to have something to offer to young women that will keep them safe, that will keep them in a good marriage, that will bless them to raise their children properly, train their children in the way that they should go so when they get old, they won't depart from it. Whatever you good at, teach it to your child so they can one day make money off of it too if they need to. What them parents taught me, I was blessed to be able to make money off of it to live because they taught me something. Y'all forgive me for laughing again, I'm serious, but it was just so funny just the thought of those things. I'm riding down the street in a car bet, have mixed grade. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Stop it, Barbara, I say. Stop it, Gary Crowd, I say. Yeah, it's time to sit down, relax. I'm retired. Yeah, I tell Jerry and Shante, I'm retired. I, I don't have to do all that stuff. Shante say, yeah, mama, go and sit on the couch and relax. <laughs> yeah, God has been good to me. And I want to be good to him 
and I want to serve his people well. Hallelujah. Y'all pray for my memory. Y'all saw me forgetting things this morning. Go on and pray for my memory. It's going to be all right. But when you got uh, uh, 35 irons in the fire, I'm surprised I wasn't forgetting before now, but things, you know, I note things. And sometimes I forget to note it. Yeah, and so much I'm doing uh, while I'm doing the show. But God bless each and every one of you. And uh, I thank God for you this morning. I don't want to make sure I left nobody out. Hey, hey. All right, I think we're good. I got Sister Jerry, Brother Anthony, got Sister Dot, and I think we're good. So listen, we're going to pray out, and we pray that the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done. We thank you that you're the God of our lives. And that, Lord, you make ways where we see no ways. Lord, it's you that would teach us and train us. God, it's you that would give us understanding, give us knowledge and wisdom. Father, teach us how to apply your word and your ways to our everyday life. In the name of Jesus. For we need you, and without you, we can't do nothing. And this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring every call and every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast before you. And we ask this morning that you would bless each and every one, bless every household represented here, every family member, oh God, near and far today. Move by your spirit for these, your people. In the name of Jesus, touch and heal the sick. Here this morning, those that are under the weather, not feeling good. God, touch those that have come down with colds or the flu or or pneumonia, whatever it may be today. You heal all manner of sickness and disease. Father, do it this morning for your glory, for your name is on it. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now. Bless those that are incarcerated those that are in every branch of the military, widowers, bereaved family, intercessory prayer people, Father, preachers preaching in the name of Jesus everywhere, Israel and Jerusalem, our brothers and sisters overseas everywhere, bless this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And, Father, we ask that you continue to bless the United States of America or the U.S., God, this country, America. And, Father, have mercy on the leadership today, in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this segment of Jesus in the morning. We thank you for moving every morning here, having your way to bless your people in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. And Father, as we depart, bless our going out and our coming in. Again, meet the need in our lives today, according to your riches and glory, by your Son, Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we ask, amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this day. February the 14th. 2024 in Jesus' name. So if there's anything such as a Valentine, happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you. And God bless you. God bless you. 
and uh, thank you, Lord. All right, this is our last song of the morning, and after this song, we won't be coming back today. Hallelujah. Enjoy your day.